0: Episode 64, Fractured Skulls, Terminator Travis with Monoxide. We're back with another Halloween review. Woohoo! We got another big killer review for you guys. Before we get into that, speaking of killers, let's talk about Alec Baldwin. <laughs>
1: Ow. Too soon, too
0: soon. Pew pew pew! Shots fired, no pun intended. But shots did go off on set. It, you know, a, uh, a cinematographer passed away, and I believe someone else got injured too, but um, I don't know. After hearing about this story, uh, it just reminds me a lot of the Brandon uh, Lee incident. Jeez. For those that don't know, uh, during on set, uh, Alec Bowen was handed a, a prop gun. Apparently, the gun was loaded, um, I guess, and when they shot the scene, he shot, he fired his rounds, and um, he killed a cinematographer. I, I don't have the name here. My apologies. And someone else got hurt. And I, I and after hearing this, the first thing that popped in my head was like, oh, no, we got another Brandon Lee uh, incident here. This happened just this past week on October 31st. October 21st, excuse
1: me. In a way, yeah, but I would say this is worse. Because with the Brandon Lee thing, the gun was meant to shoot at him. It was just a live round just happened to make it through that gun, and it's what killed Brandon Lee. But the whole point of that scene, I think you told me it was with Bumboy. he shoots him, that was the point. He was supposed to shoot him and then Brandon Lee's character Draven knows sells it. That was the whole point. Whereas this gun, Alec Baldwin shot it and it hit somebody off set. I mean, not off set, like she's part of this cinematography and all that, but she's not part of the movie as far as in front of the camera. She's off camera. So somehow, some way he shot a gun that was not meant for this person or the second person that got injured.
0: Well, I don't know how the how they arranged a scene where, it, let's say, Al Bowman was supposed to aim the gun towards the camera so they could get that, that angle shot, him shooting the gun. I, I don't know how it was arranged, how they set up the whole scene where the whole incident happened, but for her to get hit, I mean, as she's a cinematographer, so she's behind the camera. So I would assume when they, when they shot that scene, Bowen had the gun facing towards the camera, or, you know, instead of away, or facing another direction. Yeah. I mean, that, would, that would be my, my guess.
1: I don't mean to go all political, but I do think, particularly mainstream media, is giving Alec Baldwin a pass here. Because for years, he's been very anti gun He's gotten real big on SNL for impersonating Donald Trump. I think that's a little bit hypocritical, because you know for a fact that this was somebody like, I don't know, maybe somebody who's disliked. If Dave Chappelle would have done this, they would have been like, ah, see, he's an evil, cruel person, because look at what's going on with Dave Chappelle right now. He does a stand-up special doing what he's supposed to do, and that's make people laugh. and people are all up in arms I think it's the selective outrage because Dave Chappelle even pointed it out that that rapper baby murdered somebody and nothing happened to his career then but yet he insulted or made some sort of uh, joke or insult whatever to the LGBTQ community and now they want him canceled It's like, you care more about the LGBT's feelings than you do the life that was squandered by this rapper. Where are our priorities at this point? I'm sure that Alec Baldwin had no intentions whatsoever to kill this person. And I'm sure that Alec Baldwin is feeling horrible, and I'm not saying that the guy should be thrown in jail. I'm only pointing out that it's this selective outrage that we have now been accustomed to in our society that really strikes a chord with me. I I just always think to myself, what if this was somebody that the vocal, I, I don't know if it's minority, majority, but the vocal people that always have to, as we've ranted on this podcast, the cancel culture, if they would be as forgiving to Alec Baldwin as they would be, or if they would be forgiving to someone like Dave Chappelle as they are to Alec Baldwin, it seems like. Because you go look on Twitter, which, as Dave Chappelle said, is not the real world. But if you look on Twitter, there's a lot of people making excuses for Alec Baldwin here. When he's, like, the producer. He he is a prime component of what is supposed to be going on on this set. And it may have been an accident. He may have not mean to do it. He still did it, though. And I just feel like if this wasn't Alec Baldwin, if this was somebody that wasn't a part of their uh affiliation they wouldn't be as forgiving they would find any reason to want them arrested charged with manslaughter etc etc
0: but i feel when it comes to the props (sighs) now i don't know i i didn't really read too much into the story but apparently i don't know if this is true if al bowman knew that the, the gun that he fired on set was wasn't good or was bad and, and i don't know they told him hey, hey man this isn't a good gun we'll try to get you another one or he's like you know fucking we just let's just shoot the scene i don't i don't know i don't know how how all that turned out but when it comes to prop guns the actor doesn't know when you hand the actor the prop gun here you go here's a gun you're going to use for the scene they assume that the guns already they're going to be shooting blanks or or how, however it works
1: yes so well.
0: when an accident like this happens shouldn't that fall on the prop guy
1: But here's the thing. Alec Baldwin was not just an actor. He was also a producer, I believe, for this. He had more of a big role than just getting handed a script and memorizing the lines and executing those lines in front of the camera. So it's not like he's just some random bystander. He was part of the uh, equipment that needed to be safely produced for the set. So it's... If this was like a fun boy, where he was just an actor, yeah, that's one thing, he's handed a gun, he assumes that it went through all these rigorous tests and he knows it's safe and then somehow shoots the bullet and then it hits Brandon Lee and kills him. This is a guy that's supposed to, part of his job is to see that if this thing is safe. And he shot it and it killed somebody and injured another person. So in the end, mistakes happen. And I'm I, I sounding like a broken record. But at the end of the day, I don't think Alec Baldwin should serve time in jail. I don't think he meant to do what he did. I mean, if he gets hit with manslaughter charges and whatever, I don't really know if he should or shouldn't. But suffice it to say, I just don't feel that this would be as forgiving if this was somebody else. And I use Dave Chappelle as my prime example. I think they would be crucifying him at all costs. So, that's really my only beef with this. Other than that, I just think it's a tragic accident that, really, it's, nobody could have foreseen. Unless, of course, it starts to come out that Alec Baldwin, or whoever it was that brought this gun on set, there was so much neglect when it came to this gun. If it starts to come out like that, then we've got even bigger problems.
0: Yeah, because sometimes uh, this could be neglect from the studio, sometimes they may they may hire uh, just to save money, they may not hire someone who has, a, has as much experience with working on prop guns to say someone who has, I mean unfortunately that's what happened with The Crow, uh, the studio tried to cut corners with uh, hiring people and unfortunately you know, they didn't know what they were doing and because of that we lost Brandon Lee. Oh. And scarred scarred Michael Massey, the actor who played Fun Boy for life to this day, to the day he died, he never saw the show because it just brought him bad memories. Owen Yeah, Owen Hart. Yeah.
1: Another guy where they wanted to cut costs, they didn't want to use the cable that was safe for him to be lowered down on. They used a cable that couldn't hold his weight, and therefore he fell the day of the show. Matter of fact, it was said that there were several other people that were asked to go ahead and do the stunt. And most of them just said, you're fucking crazy, I ain't doing this shit. Until they found one guy that did it. But the other intriguing thing is the guy who brought the cable in was said to have been somebody that was involved with Sting being raised down from the rafters. And then you come to find out that was complete bullshit. It's crazy. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I I know this is a pretty early story. I mean, this this incident happened just like three days ago as of this recording, so maybe more stuff will come out. Um, unfortunate incident, but you know, rest in peace to the cinematographer. Uh, it's just very, it's just a very unfortunate situation for Alec Baldwin and the whole crew to be in right now.
1: Another incident, uh, Vic Morrow from the Twilight Zone movie.
0: Oh God, yeah, that was that was even worse.
1: Yeah, but it Ale- just came down and decapitated him and the two girls that he was holding but yeah, yeah.
0: yeah that's dead. that that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time right. but uh before we get into our film discussion I know that was a pretty dark topic but we're gonna we're gonna move on folks I gotta plug the patreon patreon.com just Chillin' network for one dollar you get full access to this episode along with the other great past episodes you can follow us on you can follow this just you can follow us on Twitter Follow us on Twitter at Just Net. We're on Instagram at Just Chillin Network. Find us on Facebook at Just Chillin Network. You can follow this guy on Instagram at Owen underscore heart underscore guy. He's on Twitter as well at Monoxide YouTube. I'm on Twitter at SilentPoison. Same with Instagram and Snapchat at Silent Poison. With that said, we continue our Halloween marathon. We're going to skip ahead all the way to 2018. Now try to keep up with me, folks. Halloween is a sequel to Halloween, but not a sequel to Halloween. It's technically Halloween 2, but ignores the events of Halloween 2 and Halloween 2. It's also not a remake or a sequel of Halloween 2 or Halloween 2. It's the first Halloween film to bring back Jamie Lee Curtis, except for Halloween 2, Halloween 7, and Halloween 8. John Carpenter also returns to the series for the first time. Except for Halloween 2 and Halloween 3. It's also the first Halloween film to ignore the previous films in the franchise's timeline. Except for Halloween 3. Halloween 4, which ignores Halloween 3. Halloween 7, which ignores Halloween 3. Halloween 4, Halloween 5, and Halloween 6. But besides all that, it's a whole new take and start of the Halloween franchise! Monoxide! What did you think of Halloween?
1: Oh, God. Where <laughs> do I even begin? So the first thing I'm going to say right here and now is that this film was way, way more enjoyable than Rob Zombie's take on the series. Far none. Yes. End the fucking story.
0: This is this is this is 2018. So this is the first Halloween film since when did Rob Zombie when did his Halloween 2 come out? 2009,
1: 2010. Came out in 2009 because I saw it in theaters. Unfortunately, I so. did <sighs> And I saw the uh, other Halloween, Halloween 1, from Rob Zombie in theaters. Although at the time, when I first saw the Rob Zombie Halloween, I didn't hate it as much as I do now. Um, But seeing the two Halloween films that Rob Zombie had taken, I'm like, Rob, you need to just stick to your own material. Stick to the Devil's Rejects franchise, because that seems to be your forte, your good forte. Other than that, you, nah. anyways. So, but yeah, for a while, there wasn't any Halloween films. And I think part of the problem is that, as we just noted, the series keeps getting retconned. It keeps getting retconned for whatever reason. So, backtracking, obviously, the first time it got retconned was with Halloween 3. We figured out hey, doing an anthology isn't going to work. Because people wanted Michael Myers. So we're going to retcon this whole anthology and go right back to the Michael Myers. But Michael Myers blew up in a fire in Halloween 2. So, how do we bring him back? I got it. He's superhuman. So, Halloween 4 was the start of the Thorn trilogy, where he is invincible. He's pretty much way stronger than he is in the first two films. He puts his thumb through a dude's head. He crushes the dude's skull with his bare hands. He he grabs a shotgun, but not to shoot somebody with, but to put it through somebody's stomach. This is a strong motherfucker. All right, that, that was just Halloween 4. Now Halloween 5, you see the thorn on his wrist. You're like, what the fuck is that? Plus you see the cowboy in dark. And Halloween 6 is supposed to explain who the cowboy is. And you find out it's Dr. Wynn. Quinn, not Mr. Quinn from Halloween, or Hey Arnold, but Dr. Quinn from the first movie. And there's two different versions, which you're actually watching right now for the chill, just the Chilling Tilling podcast.
0: Yes, I've seen both versions.
1: I've seen them too. And unfortunately, I have to admit, I've seen those too. Yes. So, then all of a sudden, they just decide to retcon the whole Thorn trilogy, which explains why he's so invincible and why he's... So uh, angry and wants to cause a rampage. So we get hit to Halloween H2O. And in the Thorn Trilogy, Lori Strode is killed. Not explained why, she's just killed.
0: Killed off screen, by the way. We never seen her get killed.
1: Yeah, and she didn't even get killed by Michael. She, something happened. They never explained it, but whatever. So she comes back. And now all that stuff with uh, Jamie that's gone. She does have a son, played by Josh Hartnett. And they continue the story from there. So Halloween 1 and 2 did happen, but now 4, 5, and 6 never happened. So now we got H2O. Uh, Michael, it's been a while since I've seen H2O. But from what I understand, like most of the kills that he did here were pretty normal. He didn't do anything completely supernatural that I can recall. I'd have to watch it again to remember. But I think the only kill that he did that was really remarkable was that he stabbed somebody, similar to Halloween 2, and just lifted them up. From behind. That was really it. And then uh, Resurrection, I think he had a couple of kills that were like, okay, that's a little much, man. Like, he fucking, he's just brutally supernatural again. But this time, he doesn't have the thorn to explain how he's so invincible. And the Rob Zombie, we've gone through that. Here we are, 40 years after the first film, but yet the second movie never fucking happened. 4.0 he got arrested after the events of Halloween 1 yes how not me I mean the guy was shot six times and in this film he shows that even without the thorn or anything like that he's still a strong invincible fucking guy and he's 60 but yet here he is arrested and just staying in this jail for 40 years for whatever reason he didn't come out after the 10-year anniversary, the 20-year anniversary, even the 30-year anniversary. He waits to the 40th anniversary of the events of October 31st, 1978. And what triggers it is that this this duo, who was investigating the crimes that happened on October 31st, 1978, wanted Michael to speak. And so one of the guys has a mask, his mask. How he got the mask, who knows, shows it to him. But when he raises it, Michael never turns. He just stands there, his old ass, just looking out into space. And then the rest of the psychotic people are, like, going crazy for some reason.
0: Yeah, everyone around him. Yeah, he's, like, outside, uh, like, in this big, I guess, I'm going to say basketball court. But, like, this big outside court. Handcuffed. Yeah, handcuffed, and they have to stay, like, three boxes, or they have to stay outside the yellow line, the, the yellow square. Yeah. And, so- and, it's, and it's just this couple who are, like, recording a podcast or whatever for their thing, and they're investigating the Michael murders, or the Haddonfield murders, and then they, they were they were able to give an interview by this uh, discount Dr. Loomis, and but- Michael has not spoken for 40 years. Since he, since he said, since I've been working here, I've never heard this man speak.
1: But yet... Here's the thing. They say that he can speak, but he just doesn't want to. How do you know that if he hasn't said a word? Maybe he can't. I I don't know. Either way. So it it triggers him, and then eventually this duo tries to go see Laurie Strode, who's, like, locked away in her home. And uh, obviously she's still traumatized from the events of 40 years ago. Here's the thing. I would buy this a little bit more if the events of Halloween 2 weren't retconned. I could see somebody being traumatized.
0: But you feel this is over the top?
1: It was super over the top without the events of Halloween 2 having having to have happened. It's like, yeah, the events were traumatizing, but you have to understand something. The events of Halloween 2 further instigated it because even though he got away on the events of Halloween one, which would be traumatizing. The events of Halloween two added further to that traumatization because she was in a hospital where she thought she was protected and Michael still was able to find her and get in there. Now I understand maybe you couldn't really use those events because in the end of Halloween two, he burns to a crisp. So how do you explain how he comes back? I kind of get that, but it's just like the events that she took here were just a little too much. I felt if she was more like the Lori Strode from H2O, it'd make a little bit more sense. Because the Lori Strode in H2O, she was still having nightmares. She wasn't locked away or like, preparing for the day that he was coming back. I mean, kind of, but not in the way that this film depicted. In H2O, she was just more like, she's having nightmares, she's overprotective of her son. So it makes sense the way she was in H2O. And in the events of H2O, Halloween 2 wasn't retconned. Those were still canon. But here it's just like. Ah, it was an over-exaggeration in my opinion. Even though Janie Lee Curtis does her role perfectly, because Janie Lee Curtis is great at being Laurie Strode, I thought I thought it was an over-exaggeration without the events of Halloween 2 being there. Adding Halloween 2's events further traumatizes her and makes her realize that this fucking guy, he he's not to be stopped. Like there's no way you could stop this fucker.
0: No, I was going to say the big reason which which kind of leads into this next scene with the kids was that, um, that they ignored the events of Halloween 2 because they wanted to get away from the whole brother-sister sibling dynamic between Michael and Laurie. Now, I want to ask you this question. For 40 years, people have accepted the idea that Michael and Laurie are brother-sister. Now, with this new film, that's retconned. They are no longer in relations. How do you feel about that? Were you ever married to the idea that they should have been... That they're a brother and sister?
1: It would definitely explain why Michael's chasing her, as opposed to she's just some random girl. Like, you can make the argument here for this Halloween, he's chasing her because he was she was the one girl that got away. You can make that argument. But the reason they had to put that in Halloween, too, was to give it some context of why he was chasing her specifically. I didn't mind it. It did take a little bit away from the idea of Michael having no motive. He's just some crazed psycho killer. But by the same token, if you're going to make a whole shitload of sequels, obviously there needs to be more backstory because you can't just have a whole shitload of movies and they all be the same with no motive, no rhyme, no reason. Cause then it just, you're just treading water at that point. It's, it's, The best way I could describe it was there was a period where Walking Dead was starting to really dip in quality. And I think somebody brought up the best point of why that was. And this was around the time that Negan came in. The problem was was that the Walking Dead kept going to the same tropes without any resolution. Find sanctuary, engage enemy. Find sanctuary, engage enemy. They kept doing that over and over again. And eventually it just wore itself thin because there was no resolution to this. That would be the same with Halloween. If you're going to make a whole bunch of fucking movies and Michael Myers is just going crazy, but there is like, how can you retell that story and have it be fresh? Eventually you're going to have to add some context to Michael's rampage. And that's where the Thorn trilogy came in. It kind of gave some context. But now with the whole retconning, blah, blah, blah. I didn't mind it. Now... The director or whoever is responsible for this wanted to get rid of that idea, so yeah. now why is, Mike, why is Michael chasing Lori?
0: Well, because I believe it's what you just mentioned. She's the one that got away, and, if, and I guess in a way, Michael feels like he's like incomplete without getting that that kill, that one girl that got away.
1: If that's the case. Why is he randomly killing everybody else? Why isn't he just focused on Lori?
0: I think that's I think in a way that's just Michael. He doesn't have a rhyme or reason why he's doing these things. He just, he just does it.
1: But he does have a rhyme or reason to go after Laurie, so it kind of contradicts itself.
0: Well, I think the Doctor said uh, in this film that there's some type of connection between the two. Well, I, I and it goes back to what you said. That's the problem when you keep making sequels because <laughs> you're going to have to try to keep, make sense out of all this. I mean, what <laughs> what makes the whole franchise work is because of that original movie. <laughs>
1: And the oh. original movie. But everything that follows up is like, all right, you can make an argument that the, the Thorn trilogy was not great. I love Halloween 4 as a sequel to Halloween 1 and 2. 5. I get it. It's not a great film. I enjoy it. I'm not going to argue with you if you think that it sucks. I'm not even going to dispute that. There are problems with that film. However,. I felt like the Thorn trilogy was further escalating. Halloween 6, I think, dropped the ball tremendously. Both the producer's cut and the regular cut. Get to that in another review. But I felt like they had something going when it came to the Thorn. At least it gave Michael some backstory, better than the story of what Rob Zombie was trying to tell. Yes, I, I am of the opinion that Michael should not have a backstory, but, like, after, if you're going to do all these films, at least give me a reason to invest rather than just, it's, here's Michael just going crazy again, blah, 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 because eventually he's just going to get old. But where were we going with this? I lost my train of thought.
0: Um, I wanted to talk about the kids. Um, at least we get introduced to these three kids. They, they were talking about Michael. How this is the 40th anniversary of the, uh, the Haddonfield murders that happened 40 years ago. And the one can mention, he says, is that really a big deal? Because, you know, today, five kills over a single night, that's that's nothing to what we have today. I mean, kind of like, uh, I don't know, foreshadowing is the right word. But um, kind of mentioning how these days we have all these mass shootings, you know, at these schools. And how, like, you know, some guy killing five kids in one night, you know, is like nothing.
1: And he didn't even kill five kids. He killed three.
0: Well, okay. he, killed, he killed three kids. He killed... um." He killed five people in that movie.
1: He killed Bob. He killed Lynn's, uh, Annie, and then he killed uh, not Lindsay, uh, the blonde headed Ditso. I can't remember her name.
0: Yeah, and he killed the uh, mechanic too, to get the. Yeah, but that's,
1: that's not a child. That was just some random mechanic. And then he killed a dog. And he
0: killed a dog. So he had five killings,
1: not including Judith Myers, obviously.
0: Oh wait, no, yeah, Judith is the fifth. Okay, it's not including the dog.
1: Judas was when he was a child. Yeah. As far as A, let's say, he killed the dog, killed the mechanic, killed the three teenagers. Eh, I is that an error? Yeah, the, the point is. No. <laughs> he killed five people. He killed five people. We'll just go with that. All right, just for the sake of the song. And nowadays, I mean, since then, since 1978, we've had. The 1993 world trade Center bombing we've had the oklahoma city bombing with timothy mcveigh we've had columbine we've had 9-11 we've had the Beslan massacre uh, for those who probably don't know that's a little bit more unknown it was basically a russian school that was celebrating they have a tradition every year the first day of school it's like a big fiesta where all the kids are getting ready to start a new grade and this uh terrorist organization hijacked the school for three days having the kids having no water no food or nothing the the kids got so dehydrated they were drinking their own pee and eventually one of the people I guess accidentally triggered the bomb fucking exploded and hundreds of people most of them children died so look that shit up it's a fucked up story but anyways that's happened that happened in 2004 Um, we've had Virginia Tech we've had uh, well, you understand. Yeah, the point is, yes, there have been way worse massacres and way worse things that have happened in 1978. But maybe that's the point of why I'm like, why is Michael waiting 40 years? Like, what did Michael? What was particular in the 40th year that he had to escape?
0: And 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 ironically, they were transferring him to a new uh, facility the night before Halloween. <laughs>
1: <laughs> why, wait all the way to almost Halloween to do this? I don't even get this, because it's like, how did they even capture this guy? When you start to actually watch this film and see how super strong he is, how the fuck did they capture him and he allowed them to capture him?
0: Well, you find out in, when we get to Halloween Kills how they captured him.
1: Okay, uh, I'll leave that point alone once we actually get to that movie. But point is, is that in this film... He does some kills here that are just like... This would make sense if this was the Thorn Trilogy, but in any, We've only got Halloween 1, because in Halloween 1, he doesn't do any real... over-the-top kills. And in Halloween 1, all we've seen is he stabbed Judith Byers, he smothered the dog, he stabbed Annie, he stabbed Bob, he strangled the blonde ditzo, he, I guess, stabbed the shit out of the, the mechanic, and that's all you got that's all you got so why we're why we're stressing oh, uh, <laughs> all right well point is is that yes the night he's supposed to be taken away oh and by the way lori has a daughter and a granddaughter lori's divorced twice his daughter or her daughter is kind of like a little bit sketchy to her mother because lori has instilled paranoia in her head from the time that she was a baby and she's got her husband she's got kids i think she's only got one daughter Mm -hmm. and her daughter's guy what's the guy's name cameron i'm gonna bring up cameron in a second yeah obviously the granddaughter still wants to see her grandmother i i forget why but it's like she doesn't like that her grandmother's being excluded into most of the events. That being Laurie Strode. And by the way, when the podcast people come to see Laurie Strode, they pay her a couple. I forget how much they paid her. It was like I think,
0: I think it was three thousand
1: thousand dollars just to speak to her. Yeah. And then like a setup with her and Michael to talk to each other so that they can get Michael to speak. And obviously, she just kicked them out, took the money. And Lori went to go see her granddaughter and gave her the money. Granddaughter said something like, Oh, I'll use this for my college. And she's like, No, go travel somewhere. Go to Mexico or something. Like, wow, that's nice, grandmother. Yeah, well, fuck then, college. Yeah. So they go to dinner. The, uh, Lori attends and she freaks out because I think at this point, Michael has escaped. He's escaped from the, the, the bus, the mental bus. Meanwhile, while that's going on, there is a father and son traveling on the road. and That's where they stop by the bus. And when the little kid comes out of the car and goes inside the bus, he sees their version of Dr. Loomis, we'll get to it in a second, and accidentally shoots him in the shoulder. He runs back into his car and Michael kills the little kid there. This is the first time I think I've seen some kid who didn't even pass puberty get murdered by Michael on TV.
0: Yeah, Michael snapped his neck.
1: That's crazy. The only other time I saw a child get murdered, quote unquote, on screen, was um, in Jeepers Creepers 2, where he uh, grabbed a little blonde kid in the beginning and snatched him away. I mean, yeah, you can make the argument of uh, Pennywise, the dancing clown, when, oh yeah, Pennywise, when he killed George.
0: Right, Pennywise, uh, the walking dead pilot, the little girl zombie shot in the head. Uh, the blob remake, the, the kid got swallowed up by the blob, and you can see like you see him like in a skeleton form, little, and he's like still crying for help. But yeah, it's well, been done before, but it's not something you see in every movie. It's it hasn't been done to death. So it's still yeah. very effective.
1: Yeah, so he gets killed and obviously Lori's stressing out over this. Blah blah blah. Next day comes, they're about to do their vape Halloween get together, and everybody's trick-or-treating, and Michael's on the loose
0: I thought this was a very well done scene because this was all it looked like it was all done in one long shot.
1: Yeah, he stabbed a random girl in the neck. That I can believe. Yeah, you know, he stabbed a girl in the neck. He hit somebody in the head with a hammer.
0: Well, yeah, he oh. that was the first kill. It was the hammer kill, and then that's how he got his knife. And yeah. then he went to the next house.
1: This was fine. I don't mind it. Um so then there's the part where they're at the dance. And the granddaughter of Laurie Strode sees Cameron kissing another girl. They argue for a bit. He gets a little bit fucking ridiculous because he's getting drunk. How they were able to sneak alcohol into the school, I don't know. But he throws her phone into some dip. She runs out and as far as I know, this is the last we see of Cameron.
0: Uh, in this movie, yes. Uh, there's a few other characters we got introduced uh, before prior to this. We have Deputy Frank Hawkins, played by Will Patton. He's the uh, he's the deputy, and he says that um, I guess when they first found out that Michael escaped, that he was there the night of the um, of the handfield murders, and back in '78. Uh, we also you also got to mention uh, when Michael when he escaped because he escaped the night prior to Halloween. He escaped right. on the 30th. The next day, on October 31st, we get we get brought back to that uh, podcast couple. They're at the oh, gas yeah. station. Yeah, and I and right. I like this scene a lot. Because we you see someone wearing white cloth in the background walking in the gas station. You hear, like, uh, tools going off, and all of a sudden you hear a wrench drop. And that's when you realize, oh, shit, Michael just made his first kill, or his second kill, whatever, after the boy. Or, or well, the third, if you want to include his father, too. Um, And then the uh, guy goes into the, um uh he goes into the alf- the front office of the gas station, I guess, to pay for the gas. While he's doing that, you can see in the background, Michael strangling someone.
1: Yeah. I mean, the scene itself was fine, but I didn't like how the movie alluded to the fact that these two podcast people were going to be major key characters, and then they get killed off halfway in the film. Well, I mean, I guess we should have seen it because I think this was in the trailer, the scene where she's like, somebody's uh, in the stall, and then Michael grabs the teeth of one of his victims and just drops it right in front of her.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't a trailer, yes.
1: I guess we should have foreseen it, but still, I think it was just a little bit of an injustice to make this halfway into the film when they seem like they were going to be key characters. But it's one thing if they would have been killed towards the end but to be killed halfway, it was just like that was a tease. Especially well, since you could argue that these two are the ones that triggered Michael's emotions to escape and get his mask back.
0: Well, it wasn't really looted if the guy died because he Michael was in the, in the bathroom trying to kill his wife he comes in. He says, "Michael." He has a, a, a crowbar in his hand. He tries to fight him, and of course, he ends up getting his ass kicked. Michael repeatedly banged his head into the wall, or in the bathroom stalls, and then the guy—he kind of like just passed out. I don't know if he died. I mean, the girl—the girl obviously died, and then Michael, of course, got his mask back. Now he has—he's back to his original look.
1: Answer me this: Does that yeah. guy appear in the?
0: No. I, I hate ah. to spoil, I hate to spoil Halloween Kills, but no, he doesn't show up in that movie. We're so, gonna be
1: died because I remember. You may not remember this. This is a personal story for you and I. I think uh, you you may or may not remember this, but this is before Dark Knight Rises came out. I remember I got into an argument slash discussion with Mario of this Just Chillin Networks podcast and another individual. Um, I don't mention his name. I don't know if you give a shit, but I'll tell you off. Uh, podcast who it was we got into this argument and i remember them telling me oh um two-face aaron eckhart or harvey dick they didn't really show that he died i'm like dude he fell from a great height and batman's whole point of making himself look like the bad guy after he died was so that the joker didn't win in his whole battle of while well, the two, the most pure guy, even fell to evil or corruption or whatever, he—he's dead. He is dead as Dillinger. This fucking guy is pushing up daisies. This guy kicked the bucket. He paid the piper. But they were insistent. No, it was never clear. And then once Dark Knight Rises came out, my point was validated. So it was like, yeah, this guy, me, quote unquote, passed out. But. He didn't show up for the rest of the film. As you've already explained to me, he doesn't show up in Halloween Kills. if Unless they make another Halloween and he shows up there, I would presume this guy is dead. Oh
0: well, no, no, they are making another one. They're they, they making a trilogy, and we already got two of them now, so we still got one more
1: left. Well, we were also told that Rob Zombie was in the midst of making Halloween 3. That never happened.
0: Oh, no. Well, well, well yeah, the second sucked, and...
1: It did suck, I agree with you But it didn't That doesn't mean it was going to deter him from making a third film
0: Well, I mean I mean, no, I mean When Rob Zombie announced he was making a Halloween film He never said ahead of time, oh yeah, I'm making three movies I I mean, the second one just happened You know, and originally, he wasn't going to be involved at all Then eventually he got pulled in to do it Or he wanted to do it Because he didn't want nobody else fucking up his vision Yeah
1: No, (laughs) Uh, nobody was going to fuck up your vision better than you did you fucked up your own vision
0: That's I mean we, yeah and with Blumhouse they, they originally they said in the beginning before the, even the first trailer for the new Halloween drop, that they're making three more Halloween movies they want to do a trilogy
1: alright well saying and doing is two different things yeah. Ghostbusters the female all female cast was supposed to be a big franchise and look how that turned out yeah it, it, as long as everything goes according to plan, if there's no uh, studio conflict or if there's no whatever that would get in the way, Mm -hmm. I I still got to watch Halloween Kills to see if I want them to make a third film. As I said, despite my criticisms of this film, this film was way more enjoyable than the Rob Zombie film by a fucking mile. I I really enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed a lot of the stuff. There was just a little bit of... Nuances that I didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. going back to Cameron, he doesn't show up again after he gets into his argument with the uh, Lloyd Stroh's granddaughter. He he's just gone.
0: He's, yeah, he uh, he was caught uh, kissing another girl. They had their little argument, and then the, and then she walked away. She left the school, and then that was it. And then we did to see uh, Cameron again for the rest of the film.
1: Yeah, there was no tie in to what happened to him. They didn't even say Michael killed him. He was just whatever. There was one scene in particular where um, this the granddaughter was on the phone with one of her friends, the blonde girl, and that stupid pothead, what was it, Dave, comes to visit because she's babysitting a kid. And this scene, I thought, was done half effectively, half not effectively. So they're at the house, you know, they're making out, and the kid see, says that he saw the boogeyman. So the blonde-headed girl goes into his room, scares him, like pretends, oh my god, don't kill me, blah, 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 blah. Puts him back to bed, and then as soon as she's trying to close the closet door, she can't close it, and then that's when it's revealed Michael was in there the whole time. Did she really look through the room to see if Michael was there? Or did Michael disappear and just like reappear?
0: I think she just like took a quick skim of the room. Like she just scanned it real quick like, ah, there's nothing in here. Like, she actually looked under the bed, looked in the closet.
1: Yeah. So Michael grabbed her and just basically stabbed her a bunch of times. She screamed for help. Dave was about to avenge. He grabbed a knife. I'm like, dude, you're fucked. You you ain't.
0: It's over for you.
1: (laughs) It's over for you. And sure enough, I mean, off screen, he gets killed. He's pinned to the fucking wall. I think his piercings was pinned to the door. So, yeah, there's that. And
0: then uh-huh. uh, uh deputy hawkins he um they, they i think they, they mentioned that there's a something happening at the house he arrives at the scene at the same time laurie's there and then uh that's when they they meet up with the doctor we finally the doctor comes back because he was shot in the shoulder we mentioned earlier from the boy he's at the scene as well
1: yeah and this guy is supposed to be the new dr loomis we'll get to that in a second so
0: yeah, he was he was trained by loomis he was trained by or he was. He was like a student of Loomis's, yeah.
1: Wink, wink. So anyways, we move forward. The granddaughter is nowhere to be found as far as on the phone because she, obviously her phone was thrown into a dip. So she's with Cameron's best friend who's now trying to weasel his way in and break the guy code. He's trying to slide in and then all of a sudden tries to make out with her and she's like, what the fuck? Just because... I'm I'm upset with Cameron doesn't mean I want to make out with you, blah blah blah. So she goes away, climbs the fence. And that's where Michael's hiding. He uh tries to escape, he gets stabbed up against the fence. And uh that's where the chase scene with Michael and the granddaughter happens.
0: Her name is Allison.
1: I love how you just keep calling her granddaughter. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this somebody's film or this film. Because as with horror films nowadays, all these characters suck. Oh, no, Alison does suck, I will say, yeah. Everyone sucked here, with the exception yeah. of Laurie. Like, Laurie was, like, the only good character because Jamie Lee Curtis is a great actress. She oh, yeah.
0: And Jamie is established, even though all her other movies, the timeline keeps getting retconned, but you know who Laurie is. And of well, course, Jamie's been playing the same, has been playing his character since 78.
1: And it's always made changes to that characters so but anyways Jamie Lee Curtis is like the only one that stands out it's like when I watched The Godfather my only complaint of the first Godfather film is that Marlon Brando sticks out like a sore thumb he's so fucking good that he sticks out too much everybody else they're good but they're not Marlon Brando good Marlon Brando was like on another universe of good that was my only complaint of Godfather. otherwise Godfather is one of my favorite films of all time suffice to say this is where okay so They find, what's her name again? Alice?
0: Allison, yeah. Alice, yeah, that works.
1: Allison. (laughs) And this Dr. Loomis ripoff, they find her. And and this Dr. Loomis ripoff does not want Michael dead. So the cop runs Michael over, and he's about to kill him. But then the Dr. Loomis ripoff stabs the cop in the neck. Because he wants to save Michael.
0: He wants to save Michael and he wants to hear Michael speak. He wants him and Laurie Strode to get together because he thinks Laurie is the key to getting Michael to speak.
1: I didn't know it was that important for him to speak. Like, what's so important about him speaking? I don't know.
0: 40 years he's waited for this moment. He thought he would speak when that podcast couple would uh, introduce that mask to him. That's probably why he agreed to the whole thing.
1: But then Michael retaliates, stops him, and this is where... Okay. He's on the ground. He's telling Michael, please, Michael, speak, speak, speak. Michael just looks at him and fucking stomps his brains out.
0: I believe that the reason they did this turn with this doctor is because they had to do that. They had to have that final scene... End scene to make sense Because obviously the final scene takes place At uh, Lori Strode's uh, house Where she has it all locked down And she's there along with the parents But the Allison's not there So how do we get Allison to that house I got it, the doctor turns And then, um, and then a doctor brings Michael and, and Allison to that house Where they can have the big final showdown That's the only reason I think Why they turn that doctor Otherwise, how else are you going to have that end scene make sense?
1: So you couldn't have the doctor take her to her family and then have all four of them try to fight off Michael?
0: Well, how would Michael find, find them?
1: Well, Michael seems to find people with ease. <laughs> I mean, it ain't the first time that you've made him into a fucking Houdini.
0: I mean, uh, Lori lives out outside somewhere of Hattenfield in the woods.
1: But not just that, he, he locked Michael into the car at one point, so Michael could have stayed knocked down until he drove all the way to the Lori's house.
0: They did. He was knocked down until they drove to Lori's
1: house. Okay, so then they would have gotten to Lori's house, and then you could have had your thing there. Where he could have gotten Lori and tried to get these two together to speak.
0: But then you have to think, why would the doctor want Michael alive so bad and put him in the car? Well, he had to turn. He had to be bad. He had to be obsessed with the whole Michael case.
1: So he could speak, because that's his obsession. He wants him to speak. And the only way you can get him to speak is to get him and Lori together. And that's, yeah, that's what they did. No, he freaking... He knocked him out and then stomped his brains out. Well, that's what
0: Michael did to the doctor, yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, the doctor should have been able to get all the way to the house and then find Laurie and michael together and blah 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 but before
0: that scene happens i have to ask you this question now the direct it's directed by david gordon green that's the director if you don't know his background his background he's done a lot of comedy work he directed pineapple express he's worked with seth rogan danny mcbride and that whole crew i noticed this a lot even with Halloween Kills, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll probably bring this up again with Halloween Kills, but in this film, we always, we get each itchi- Every time we get, these characters are going to get killed off, we know that. But it seems like they all have like a quirkiness to them. If you notice, like, like some of the new characters are going to like running into Michael. You had the little kid that the blonde-haired girl was babysitting. He was clipping his toenails and he was making jokes. Yeah. And then we get introduced to these two cops. They were discussing something about a sandwich Have you tried this sandwich It's peanut butter and jelly And I, I I guess with David He he likes his victims To not just be plain and boring Like he wants them to have some type of Quirkiness to them before they get killed off I mean he does this again In the next movie it's, You probably didn't notice it now here But you, you'll notice it more in the next one Okay it's, it's it's weird how he how he how he does that or why or I don't
1: know. How about instead of making your characters quirky, make them likable to where when they die we feel some sort of way. I mean, for a good amount of time, The Walking Dead was perfect at that, and the first Halloween was perfect at that. It just seems like it's not just this movie in particular, but a lot of horror films in general they make the victims as unlikable as possible. And that's not what I want to see. Like, sometimes that's okay. If I want to see a movie where the slasher's just killing people in creative ways, yeah, I'll watch Saw, I'll watch the Jason films and all that, but why would I want to watch a bunch of stupid teenagers doing stupid shit when it's like, isn't this film supposed to be more about the quality of writing? Specifically with the first film, because at least the first film was well-written and well-paced. You can't really say that with any of the Jason films. Oh, God. One was like that either, but... I don't know. Quirky, non-quirky, whatever. Either way, I don't think he did a good job of making the new characters likable. Or rememberable in any sense. It's... I don't know, I don't know why it's such a lost art to some of these new directors to make characters who are not the, the antagonists likable. They, they did it well in The Exorcist. They did it well in Halloween. Um, they've done it well in It, the TV movie. They've done it before, it is possible. But for some reason, these directors nowadays just have no fucking clue. I, I
0: get where you're coming from. Um, I guess I'll get your thoughts on all the other characters in a bit. But uh, So, basically, we're here at the final showdown. Those two cops who we were talking about sandwiches uh, get killed off. Uh, and then the big uh, end scene happens. The father gets killed off by Michael. Um, he was a bit quirky as well, as I mentioned. hmm About yeah. For those that don't know, any Nickelodeon fans, he was Artie on The Adventures of Pete and Pete. That was Artie? That's Artie, the striped shirt guy. I, I don't remember what his character, the whole point of his character was on that show, but yeah, he's done very well for himself. Holy fuck,
1: that looked nothing like Artie.
0: The strongest man in the world.
1: Holy shit, man.
0: Toby oh. Husk. he was on um, uh, Glow as well. He was the cowboy boyfriend of uh, that blonde-headed girl.
1: Season, uh, the
0: last season, the third one.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, I didn't watch the last season. I only watched the first two. Yeah, so he's <laughs> off and big chase scene with uh, Lori and,
0: with the girls,
1: and the girls, his daughter, her daughter, and her granddaughter happen. Blah 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 blah. They trap him into the basement, light it on fire, and then they go away.
0: I think there was a there was a scene where Laurie is is in the house searching for Michael. I think Michael threw her out the window, and then when he looked out the window, her body was gone.
1: Yeah, kind of doing the whole. Huh, yeah, you can do it. I can do it.
0: Yeah, I, I I thought that was pretty cool.
1: It was a little nod to the uh, the original. Yeah, the original. And um, there I think there was one point where Laurie said, "Do as I say," like she did in the first film.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That too. Yeah.
1: Do as I say. And, uh, yeah, that's basically Halloween in a nutshell. Um, yeah, they, uh,
0: I believe they blew his hand off with of one of the... I think Lori blew Michael's hand off with the... Well, she didn't blow his entire, but like three of his fingers with the shotgun. So she did do damage to Michael.
1: Yeah, to his fingers. And then that was that. And... They um,
0: the basement,
1: they uh,
0: locked it down and then burned the building or burned the house.
1: Yeah. So, I'm interested to see how they explain how he escaped that in Halloween Kills.
0: So, overall, what did you think? Well, I guess I'll mention some of the characters here. Just give me your quick thoughts. Uh, the granddaughter, Allison, what did you think of her?
1: Eh. Uh, I couldn't remember her name, so that should tell you.
0: <laughs> you gotta say granddaughter, granddaughter, granddaughter.
1: Yeah, it was just like, she's not memorable in any sense of the... And not only that, she's nothing like her her grandmother. She is a little bit promiscuous, I guess you can say. So, I mean, I I guess I shouldn't expect every single teenager to be like Lori. It's more of a caricature at at this day and age. But in the end, she she was what she was. That's all I can say.
0: Um, Nick Castle was brought back uh, to play Michael Myers again. He shared the role with James uh, Jude Courtney, who also played Myers in this film. So yeah. I, guess, I guess probably for any scenes that I like required Michael to do anything physical.
1: Michael was great. Um, he wasn't a giant. Like How he wasn't. He was intimidating again. Wasn't freaking uh, Andre the giant like Rob Zombie tried to put in? He was a normal sized guy that just happened to be super powerful. But again. Some of his kills here were ridiculous. Like, again, stopping the dude's brains out. Like, he literally, all he did was just stomping the dude's skull and his fucking skull disintegrated. Oh, yeah. Rob Zombie did that on Halloween, too. But it's like, again, without the Thorn trilogy, how is he this fucking powerful? We know he's invincible, but his kills didn't display that in the first film. He was. Killing base in a very basic way. Knives, strangulation, all that. Here he's fucking stomping people's brains out. Jesus. Got big... He didn't crush somebody's skull with their bare hands.
0: <laughs> well, it's... I will say what I liked is that this film did feel like a slasher. Even though, you, as you mentioned, the kills are over the top, at least it felt like a slasher movie.
1: It felt like a slasher, but if I had to say, it, I enjoyed the original Halloween two better than this. You I did say, the original Halloween two, not the Rob Zombie Halloween two. The original was a little bit better because it still followed some of the tropes from the first film, and there was some likeable, like Jimmy, for example, was a likable character. Although can't make heads or tails if he survived or not. Um, his was a little bit more elusive. Here is just like a lot of the characters are just like hit or miss, whatever. But again, it was still more enjoyable than the Rob Zombie films because Michael didn't co- become a caricature like he was in the first two films uh, or the first Rob Zombie film. The, the Rob Zombie Halloween films. Hey, I'll still never forget Rob Zombie having Michael Myers take off his mask and scream it die to Dr. Lomas killing them, Like I don't know what's worse in cinema. Having Michael Myers scream die and then stabbing somebody or having Darth Vader screaming no! What you tell me people, what was worse?
0: Oh god, the Michael one was far worse.
1: I guess but Darth Vader screaming no! was a little bit.
0: I mean at least I was comically bad.
1: And but- Michael and,
0: and die. But the one, there was nothing to it it was just this is dumb
1: yeah but it wasn't comically bad
0: well, comically bad at least it was memorable I mean yeah. you, gotta realize, you gotta realize I mean with that the star I mean the Halloween film especially Rob Zombie they took itself way more serious than I would say Star Wars episode 3 was a pretty serious film that was the
1: film that explains I had
0: ending, it, it had that goofy I mean at least during the ending scene yeah but yeah it was, it was goofy but at least it was goofy in a funny way and it didn't take away from the movie, in my opinion. I, well, I, don't, I don't remember that ever being an issue with people.
1: What, the no? Oh, God, you haven't been talking to Star Wars fans enough.
0: No, well, maybe the Disney ones distracted me.
1: Okay, yeah, because I've talked to a lot of Star Wars fans, and one of the things they always picked at, specifically in the prequels, was the no! Like, they never let that down. I'll ask Ellie. She's a Star
0: Wars geek. I'll see what... I'll ask her that took away
1: uh, Episode 3 from her. <laughs> so 3 was the best of the prequels. For sure, despite the no. But...
0: I'll get her thoughts on
1: that. The, the biggest difference is that at least I liked Episode 3 of Star Wars. I did not like Halloween 2 Rob Zombies. It's not like it was a good film that ended with Michael Myers screaming and died. die. It was a bad film... They put the cherry on top with Michael Myers screaming and "Die."
0: And that, and that was in the extended cut of Halloween Two. That scene.
1: That's correct. It was not in the theatrical version. Yes. So even Rob Zombie knew he fucked up.
0: But let me show you guys what I what I really wanted. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, keep the scene out.
1: Yes. we've seen what you really wanted to do, and trust me, we hope that you really didn't want to do it.
0: Uh, and now he's like, "Well, I'm gonna show you all. I'm gonna do the monsters. Oh God!"
1: Oh, uh, here we go. What it, it, is Herman Munster gonna be like? Uh, Michael Myers in the uh, Halloween, his version of Halloween, where he's killing people with his bare hands.
0: I can see Grandpa Munster. I'm all broken up here, bitch. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I <your>
1: first pussy.
0: <laughs> so overall, I mean, maybe this isn't the right time for me to ask this question, but where would you rank this film all the other Halloweens? Would you at least put this in your top five?
1: Let's see, one is my favorite, obviously. I loved Halloween four. Hmm. Five is a guilty pleasure. Two I really enjoyed. I thought two was really good, so that's four. Would I put this in my top five? Part of me thinks that Resurrection was guilty pleasure as well. I mean, come on, you got Busta Rhyme screaming, trick-or-treat, motherfucker, and him in his Michael Myers outfit, like going to Michael Myers himself, saying, scoot, skedaddle, get the fuck out of here. I don't know, I I, I mean.
0: I mean, I'm happy that Carpenter came back to do the score. I thought the score, I thought he did a very good job with the score here. I love seeing the orange font. They did the Halloween intro again with the pumpkin kind of like um, being reborn, I guess you can say?
1: Yeah, I, I guess there's a strong case that you could put this on there. Um, yeah, it's it's far from the worst, but it's far from the best. It's, it's somewhere in the middle, a happy medium. It's, it's passable. Yeah, I again way better than Rob Zombie, way better than Halloween 6. I was never really a big fan of H two O.
0: You and me huh. both.
1: Resurrection, I liked for the wrong reasons. Five, I as I said, guilty pleasure. Four, I really enjoyed. Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. By the way,
0: speaker, I meant yeah. I'm glad you said that. They uh, some of the kids were wearing the um, the silver shamrock mask
1: yes i saw the silver shamrock mascot nod to for whatever reason (laughs) the silver shamrock i don't know it's still a bad film even without the title halloween it's not good just saying but yeah this i would say is a good film it's good it's solid it's a solid entry I'm just sick and tired of them retconning everything. So but we'll- I really
0: but I really hope they don't make any more Halloween movies after this. I don't know if, if making another trilogy to this new timeline was the right direction to go. I'll have to wait. I'll have to hear your thoughts on Halloween Kills, because I don't because I've seen posts, I've seen you obviously I'm pretty sure you've seen very mixed reactions from people with that film.
1: What, Halloween Kills? Yes. I've seen some people really loved it and some people really didn't love it. And yeah.
0: yeah. Some I've seen people give like 10 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I've seen some people give 10 out of 10 If some people give one out of 10. I don't know. I really don't. I would have to see. Um, the only time I would justify a retconning, really, is the Star Wars Disney movies. Retconning those, I'm all for. But... In the end. It's not. Okay. It's not so much retconning. It's the amount of retconning they've done throughout the series. It's too much. As we've mentioned. Retconning the anthology concept. Retconning the Thorn trilogy. Retconning the H2O. Retconning uh, the Rob Zombie films. As well as the original second. So it's like. There's like four or five different retconnings through this whole entire series. It's it's getting to the point now where it's a retelling it's almost like retelling the batman story over and over again with different directors but at least with that they're retelling it from the very beginning as opposed to okay this film counts and this film counts but these films don't count oh well now we're going to do another series these films that didn't count before now count and the ones that counted before don't count it's too much
0: yeah, and uh next week we're going to conclude our Halloween month with Halloween Kills. I've already reviewed it with uh with the other guys. So it's definitely going to be more of your show, but you know, also giving my thoughts here and there on some things. And uh I would love to, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts when we get to Halloween Kills. So overall, uh, one last question, are you happy that you saw Halloween
1: 2018? Uh I guess it's I, I was not angry after watching it i was not upset this was it was a fine addition it's again as i pointed out earlier the retconning just needs to kind of like slow it down cuz now it's cuz now somebody trying to research this film franchise they're going to get so fucking confused especially just by the title of this movie alone they type in halloween which halloween are you talking about 1978 or 2018 They couldn't just call this, like, Halloween, like you mentioned earlier, H4O or some shit. (laughs)
0: That's why I had to do that intro. Halloween! It's a sequel to Halloween! But it's not a sequel to Halloween! (laughs) It's technically Halloween 2, but it has nothing to do with Halloween 2! Or Halloween 2!
1: Yeah, two different Halloween 2s. It's crazy.
0: I got that from someone, by the way. I I wish I would have came up with that, but that was too clever not to use.
1: Yeah. I'm a little upset they didn't bring back the white horse from. Oh, uh, God. White horse and Michael's mother or some shit as a spirit.
0: Honestly, you know what I was kind of upset about? People are going to say, well, this doesn't make sense. I kind of wish for the daughter they would have brought back Daniel Harris.
1: Oh, to play uh, the mother of Allison?
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> I thought Judy Greer did good.
1: It would have been a nice nod. It would have been a nice nod. I mean, Rob Zombie casted her. Yeah, but she didn't play uh, Jamie Lloyd.
0: No, but but I guess I'll save him. I guess this would make more sense when we get to Halloween Kills, so I'll, I'll wait for that one. Okay. But overall, Halloween 2018, two thumbs up. Where are we, where are we going with the thumbs?
1: Uh, I'll give it a solid thumbs in the middle, slightly up okay that's where i stand
0: all right well this was your first time viewing halloween yes 2018 h4o let me, let me be more specific because there's so many fucking halloween titles and this is gonna that's gonna do it for uh this episode and we're gonna conclude with uh halloween Kills, which came out this year which is now available on the cock and in any of your local theaters for monoxide i'm terminator travis happy halloween